Welcome to the best faith and sports podcast on the planet. Faith Out Front is one of the many voices of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes of Cleveland. The conversation you're about to hear will demonstrate how the power of Jesus Christ is active and alive in Northeast Ohio through athletes and coaches on the professional, college, high school, junior high, and youth levels. Through FCA, the transforming power of Jesus Christ engages, equips, and empowers coaches and athletes to unite, inspire, and change the world through the gospel. Robert Kylo is the Metro Cleveland and Northern Ohio Director for FCA. Nobles Darby is the Area Director for FCA Metro Cleveland. Today's guest is Babe Kwasniak. Now, let the conversation begin. What's going on, world? And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Faith Out Front podcast, the best faith and sports podcast on the planet. This is one of your co-host, Noble Starby. And as always, I am joined by my brother from another mother and my co-host, Robert Kylo. Robert, how are we doing today, brother? Noble's doing phenomenal. Great to see you. Great to be in studio with Babe. Well, what a treat. Absolutely. And you heard it. We are live in studio with another interview with none other then our good brother and our friend, Babe Kwasniak, who Babe is the civilian aide to the Secretary of the Army of Ohio. Uh, he's also a West Point grad, um, played Division One basketball at West Point. Um, he's the head coach at Cornerstone Christian Academy right here in Cleveland, Ohio, and he is live with us in studio today. Babe, what's going on, my brother? Thanks for having me, Noves. I really appreciate it, Robert. It's great. Uh, such a blessing to be here with you guys. Likewise. Thanks for being here. Man, glad to have you here, babe. This has been a long time coming, man. We've talked about getting you on the podcast. So many great stories that I know you're going to share with all of our listeners today. But I want to start here, babe, because this podcast is entitled Faith Out Front. And this podcast exists so we can highlight uh, various leaders and members of our sports community throughout the state of Ohio and really all over the country to share how faith has really played a part um, in their athletic lives and give them an opportunity to share and put their faith out front. So, babe, let's start there. I'm sure there's a lot of different topics we'll dive into today, but let's start with just your faith journey. What what does that process look like and how has faith really played a part in the man you are today, the coach you are today, um, the husband, the father you are? Let's start there. Well, yeah, I can uh, I could probably use the whole interview time just with that with that question, Nobles. But, um, you know, I, I will start by, by telling a story. Um, for 43 years of my life, I was, uh, I was, I was Roman Catholic and I was, I was raised in the, in the Catholic church. And, um, as well, I'm sure we'll get into my story and the trials and tribulations that I've been through. But, um, this past fall, my oldest son, BK transferred from Villa Angelo St. Joseph to, um, to Cornerstone Christian Academy, as you talked about. And I, uh, I, I actually went because I was, I was coached at Villa Angelo St. Joseph for 10 years and I got let go, um, last year in 2020 and um, you know, we were deciding whether or not he was gonna BK was gonna BK was gonna transfer. And my good friend Andy Waybreck said, "You guys should at least come check out Cornerstone Christian Academy. This is a place where we glorify God and everything we do." And um, you know, we 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 went over there for the interview. I really didn't, you know, BK spent his first two years at VASJ, and I said, "You know what, son? He was he was a varsity athlete. He was going to be the only 16 letter winner in the history of VASJ. When you're talking Desmond Howard and Clark Kellogg and London mm. Fletcher, those are some incredible names. Quite a list. Yeah, and uh, you know, I said, son, if you want to stay here, you know, you, you you should stay here. You know, you shouldn't let what happened to me and me and your mom will be fine. We'd love to come support you. We're going to love you no matter what. And um, we went and, and met with the admissions director over at Cornerstone, and the uh, the gal that we met with is by the name Kate Baxter. 
And during the during the interview, she just asked me, you know, what happened? What, what's the story? And, and I just kind of went into that. Um, and, and I didn't get too in depth about what happened is me getting like I was a basketball coach. But I talked to her. My, my wife had just fought her second bout with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And, and I got a little emotional just kind of telling telling our story and just, you know, we're looking for a fresh start. And at that point, um, this is this is last last August. She stopped and she said, uh, can I pray with you? And Nobles was 43 years old at the time. Uh, I was 43 years old. Uh, I'm the civilian aide of the Secretary of the Army, the youngest civilian aide in the history of the United States of America. I, I was uh, I went to a Hall of Fame with Ulysses S. Grant, John Glenn, Neil Armstrong, uh, and none of that stuff's real important. Uh, Woody Hayes, um, none of that stuff's real important. But but at that point, nobody has ever prayed with me one on one. I mean, I prayed you know in a group, and I grew up in the Fellowship of Christian Athletes at West Point, and Again, being Catholic my whole entire life, but but that got me. Um, that 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 really got me. And at this point, I said, you, you know, maybe maybe God's kind of calling me, um, you know, to a, to a, to a different spot. And uh, all my life, I I always thought I was going to be a coach, and that's what I was meant to do. And it turns out that that was just the tip of what I was meant to do. And, and I'm not sure we're going to get into that. Well, you know, it's an amazing question, a profound answer. And what I heard in there is that your faith journey, babe, has not been all sunshine and rainbows. There's been some serious adversity. I heard cancer. I heard being let go from your coaching position. Some things that have happened, of course, we know with your, your sister. You want to talk a little bit about that? Because we're talking to an audience right now. We're coming out of a global pandemic. Life is hard for a lot of people, particularly young people. You want to just share how your faith has helped you navigate through adversity. We like to say here in FCA that God's university is often adversity. I think he's been teaching a lot through that. You want to share that? Sure. I mean, we'll get right into Robert if that's what you want to do. Big shot, Bobby wants to go right after. Um, <laughs> that's what he does. That's man. what he does. That's what he does. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I kind of gave you all those accolades, and uh, in 2015, I tried to kill myself, Robert mm. and Nobles, and and I know you guys know because you're, you're great friends of mine. Mm. But um, I was um, on the periphery. I was a guy who had it all together. I was a guy who. Won two state championships, managed a $38 million book of business, uh, was getting ready to win a third state championship, had a beautiful family, incredible wife, and, you know, incredible, incredible life. And on the periphery, it was just like, this guy's got it all together. And um, the truth is, I was in a deep, dark place. I was, I was really empty inside. Mm. And uh, one, one day in November, I, um, I took a bunch of pills and I tried to drive off a cliff. Wow. And when that... Uh, when that didn't happen, when it didn't work, I'm, I'm one of those guys where I've never really failed at anything. So I, I, I had plans to kind of do it again. Well, and, by the uh, way, we're glad you failed at that because <laughs> you're here with us and that's absolutely. tremendous. So I just want to make sure you know we love you. And, um, and I, I, know, I know that and I appreciate it. And so um, the next week, as the story goes, and it's the absolute truth, is I was in Chicago because I was watching one of my former players, Derek Pardon, play. Northwestern was playing Ohio State. He played for Northwestern. And I was actually at the home of, of Doug Collins, who mm. obviously coached this guy named Michael Jordan. I don't know if you, we've ever heard of him here in Cleveland. A familiar name, yeah. And, yeah. Um, the shot. Yeah. And basically, he, he, uh, he looked at me and said, Captain, he calls me Cap. He said, Cap, Cap you're, you're messed up. You're, you're not okay. And Coach is a, um, you know, he's a God-fearing man. He's just a great human being. And he was able to see something in me that I, I didn't at that time see in myself. And um, it was at that point where I, I, I came home and, uh, I told my wife, Laura, I said, okay, I'll go get help. And listen, um, I, a lot of people, um, you know, that they get to where I get to, they don't think there's any way out, right? They think they actually think their wife and their kids are better off without them. Mm. And, uh, and and you have to be pretty sick to be in that position. And um, 
you know, you know, um, when I came out with my story on a podcast, it was called the 1% Podcast, there were so many of my friends that called me and said, you're the last guy that I ever would thought, you know, would, would, would go through this. And, and now I have this national platform. I'm just trying to, you know, trying to save folks one at a time and knowing that it's not me, Robert, and, and, and Nobles, that, it, that it, that's what, what's God doing through me. And, um, and, and listen, it, for the longest time, I thought, okay, this is my will be done, and this is what I'm supposed to be, and now I realize uh, it's hard to be completely mad at it because if I didn't go through that experience, I wouldn't be able to help people like, like, I, like I get to today, and it, it's a pretty awesome responsibility. Wow. I mean, we talk a lot about how Romans 8.28 says that God works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. You clearly love God. You've had to go through, go through some things that, my gosh— but you've come out on the other side, and the platform you now have is touching a lot of lives, and thanks for being available to share it. Uh, and it's all truth, right? I mean, um, you know, I look back on a couple months ago, I actually went to the place where I tried to drive off a cliff. Wow. Because uh, my, son, my son Quinn had, a, had an AAU tournament there, and it was out, it was out in Geneva. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I sent you this, Nobles, but there's actually a barricade there now. Mm-hmm. And it was almost if God was saying, "Okay, knucklehead, you know, if you have any ideas, you know, take take these ideas out of your, out of your out of your mind, and and you're here for a bigger purpose, for my purpose." And and guys, I, I won't lie to you, like I, like I struggle, like I, I get the question all the time, you know, do I still have suicidal thoughts? Yes, I do. Um, but the reality is, um, um, God's got me, and no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen. Uh, I understand now. Um, what my purpose is, I understand, you know, what I'm supposed to do, and, and my clarity and my peace has has, ne- has never been greater. It's hard when you're going through that at the time. It's hard when you, you just. It's hard through so much pain to understand that God has your purpose. But I, I would just beg and I would pray for anybody listening to this right now. Uh, like in my own case, um, I had so much physical pain. I lost about 45 pounds. I live with a, a doctor who's top for class at West Point, first in class in med school, and. She's saying, you know, this is anxiety, this is depression. No, honey, this is my heart. I feel like I'm going to die. I probably went to the ER 15 times. And I, I just know if you're listening to me out there, you don't want to die. You just want the pain to go away. Uh, and it will go away. Um, and, and, and you'll get to a point where you'll realize that it's not in, under your jurisdiction. Mm. That God's got you, mm. right? And, and all the time you thought he wasn't there, that's when he was there actually the most. Mm. Wow. Mm. Quaz, every time I hear your story, man, uh, I'm I'm just touched because to me it's a it's a sterling example of God's grace, right? We're all sinners saved by grace, and you know I think about the Apostle Paul, and he always talked about you know in the Book of Romans and throughout the New Testament there was a there was a war going on between the spirit and the flesh. The things he wanted to do, uh, he didn't do. The things he didn't want to do, he did. And I, I just think there's always a battle. Right. For our minds specifically. And you were at an event mm. with us recently where a legendary um, football coach and legendary man, uh, Jim Tressel. Um, if you love Ohio State, you love Youngstown State University. I'm sure we've all been impacted in, in one way, shape or form by Coach Jim Tressel. And Coach Tressel, who has a long storied history with FCA, was talking about how there's a battle for our minds. There's a battle for our minds. And we look at sports today. And Quaz, I'm sure you could attest to this, man. Um, what you dealt with and what we see a lot of athletes dealing with in the sports world is directly tied to mental health. You know, people not really wanting to get help or people not knowing what to do. And so, Quaz, I want you to talk to uh, our coaches and athletes who are listening because as FCA, we're surrounded by coaches and athletes daily. That's directly who our ministry impacts. 
and you went through it. You, you know, you had a bout with uh, suicide. You know, thank God, as Robert shared, that you were unsuccessful in that attempt. And, you know, even though that's something that you still work through, share with our, our, our listening audience who may be in the sports world or parents even that have, you know, uh, young children that play what that what, what one should do when they feel themselves battling with mental health because sports that's a performance based business mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. And, and and sometimes the the pressure to perform can create anxiety and unhealthy uh goals and things of that nature so speak to that man just mental health in the sports yeah and, and and i never had that growing up nobles this was kind of like new to me i was the poster child for adhd i used to have to run wind sprints in the streets and i make coffee nervous right there's there's triple a and i'm i'm our double our double a battery i'm probably a triple a battery <laughs> But going back to what you said about talking about Coach Trestle and, and, and you know winning the war in your mind, the devil is real, brother. Mm. He, and he will lie to you. He will tell you things that aren't true. Just like when he was telling me that, you know, you know, that my wife and my kids would be better off without you. And I get asked this question all the time is, you know, what saved me? Um, the answer is easy. J- Jesus saved me. Amen. And Jesus, when you talk about grace, it's grace is what you don't deserve, right? And when I think about that, Jesus saved me through my wife. Because I was in such a deep, dark place that my wife telling me she loved me when I probably didn't deserve her love was the epitome of grace because I, I no longer deserved it and she still loved me. And, and folks come up to me all the time. They're like, uh, you know, I'm worried about my brother or my sister or my dad or whoever and they're struggling with this. And, but I don't want to tell them I love them because I think I'm going to enable them. I think that's the worst thing you can do. Mm nobody's ever died from being loved too much, right? Nobody has ever died. And, and I'll tell you this too, and what, what I go through and what I deal with every day with our United States Army veteran, which by the way, as of 2023, the United States Army veteran will have more deaths by suicide than by post-11 non-combat related deaths. Think about that. Oh, wow. Of those, 52% of them never served mm. in combat. Mm. When this happens, their children are four times more likely to take their own lives. We're in a war right now, gentlemen. Yeah, no we're, we're in a war. And, and in my case, I needed somebody to save me from myself. And I call it the invisible enemy, and that, that is the devil. And the reality is nobody beats the invisible enemy alone. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody does. And I want anybody listening out there to understand that maybe Jesus is calling you to help your friend out. Because if somebody didn't grab me, I wouldn't be here talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. And um, and listen, I, I, like it's... Obviously, it's, it's very personal, and, and Nobles, you've heard me tell the story so many times. And, and um, I, I, for the longest time, I had so much shame and so much guilt. Uh, and now I understand that, okay, God put me through this so I can help other people. But it doesn't make it any easier. Uh, you know, this, la- this past Memorial Day, um, I, I, gave, I talked out in Chesterland, and I basically said, Happy Memorial Day. And then I said, there's nothing happy about it. Because if you, if you know someone who's lost somebody, this is a really, really hard day. And afterwards, this Gold Star family came up to me, the Thibodeaux. A Gold Star family is they lost their they lost their family member to to the war, um, uh, and th- th- in this situation it was in Afghanistan. And um, you know, he came up to me and and they gave me a hug, and they were just saying that that was one of the most powerful testimonies I've ever heard. Uh, I told told about you know my my about with suicide. Um, it's just uh, and again, I, I know I'm forgiven and I know I'm held in his hand. But I, when I see those families mm. and I think about, you know, what they would do for one more day, mm-hmm. one more minute. Mm. And, and here I was, Nobles and, and Robert, and I try to take myself from my own family. 
Huh. And I just, you know, I, I, I see those, I look at those children and I think like what they would do for just one more second, you know, with, with, with their mom or with, with their dad, um, with their brother, or with their sister. And I'm just, just overcome with so much, uh, um, just so much sorrow, so much sadness. And, um, you know, uh, like I said, the opposite of that is, is, is love, right? Is, is just understanding that um, and the opposite of love is not hate, it's apathy. Right. So, you know, if you're worried about somebody, if you're worried about someone you love at all, what, what, what does it hurt to send them a text saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. Hey, Robert, what's going on, man? I'm, I'm thinking about you. I heard you just called, you know, Jim Trestle by his wrong name. I mean, like, what, what's going on? <laughs> I'll um, never live that down. There's a story there. Oh, sure. man, that's another episode. <laughs> I, but, you know, it's just so important in this day and age where it's the information age. Right. And, and here we are um, and, and the, the comparison I give is if we were in combat and, and my brother, you know, Kylo was, was getting shot at. I, I wouldn't even think about it. I, I would have your six, brother. I would run over, and you yeah. know that I, I would. I would have your six. Yeah. Yet here we are, in this battle of our minds, and we're we're failing each other. We're leaving each other out to dry. And now that this pandemic's about to be over, we're going to deal with an epidemic right afterwards. And, and it, it's real. And um, and and we have to get very comfortable being uncomfortable because otherwise, um, you know, he's going to get he, he's going to get one of us. And, and I've seen it, and it, it's. It's it's tough it's it's tough to live through and it's tough to get through, um, but if we're if we're proactive with each other and loving each other, um, again no wes- no weapon formed against us will prosper. Well, Amen. And the Scripture also says, "Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you." Some of the fundamentals of the faith, and we were talking offline before we went on air about those fundamentals. I mean, you as a prolific basketball coach, multiple state championships as a player and as a coach, your father, success runs deep through your family. Talk a little bit about to the audience about success in the fundamentals of the faith. We're talking about prayer. We're talking about the Word of God, fellowship, love. I mean, because those are the kind of things that people need to hear. What are the fundamentals to you that you and Laura walk through as fundamentally strong believers that help you get through this stuff? Because people need to hear that. I, you know, I think about this, and I think about our relationship with the three of us. Like, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the, the least scriptured guy here, right? Like I can't, I can't just flow it like, like, like brother, brother nobles. Preacher nobles over here. Right. And, and, (laughs) but no, you're absolutely right, Robert. And I want to let people know too, I'm not the guy out there holding the Bible verse on the street corners, right? right? right. Like I've lived this, right? Like this is raw stuff. I'm here because I was saved Hmm. and, and I, and I have to be here for a reason, Um, you know, and and not to be so melancholy, but, and I, I think I've, I've shared with you both. I mean, my best friend, um, was West Point graduate, Stanford graduate. Um, and this past weekend, I was with his wife, who he shot three times. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, I saw her for the first time. I, I gave the eulogy down in Texas in, in February. I saw her for the first time this past Saturday. And, and you were you were there, um, Robert, and you said something very powerful to her. You, you asked her if she can have any wish or any wish, anything, any prayer granted by God, what, what prayer would it be? And she looked you right in the eye and she said, I would want my two kids, Chris and Landry, to make it through this okay. What a selfless answer. And, and, and those aren't her biological children, by wow. the way. Like her biological mom was, was right next to her, rubbing her on, on, on the shoulder. Like what a testimony of love. Amen. Right? They're going to know by we're Christians, by we're loved. So when you talk about fundamentals and what we can do is, is you know, how do, how do we live? How do we glorify God in everything that we do? And the reality is um, that was such a great eye opener for me because it was man, this this woman got shot by her husband, yeah. um, and and uh, 
And she knows it wasn't him. She knows it was the devil. And, and, and I have no doubt knowing him. And I have no doubt where he is now. And I have no doubt that even if he can come home, if he can come back, he wouldn't come back here even if he could. Mm. Because it's so great up there and he's where he's supposed to be and he's looking down on us. Mm. And, and I know um, he wants me to help. He wants, he wants me to help other people that were going through what he went through. And the way it was described to me one time is just like cancer, right? Uh, you have stage one cancer and you have stage four cancer. My, my, buddy, my buddy had stage four cancer. You know, he's schizophrenic. He was hearing those voices in his head. Uh, I had stage one. I mean, if would you not see a doctor if you have stage one cancer? So, my, again, before we go back in even more in depth to those fundamentals, you know, um, you know, go get help, right? Mm-hmm. Because go, go see a, a medical professional. And, and, and uh, I will tell you this, the number one medical professional you can see is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so you talk about fundamentals. That's easy. You know, you got to get on your hands and knees and, and, and you have to. You don't even have to get on your hands and knees. You just have to get to have a conversation with God. Well, and I just want to real quick, quick, excuse me, real quickly respond to that. Prayer doesn't have to be an eloquent speech. You don't have to have the Bible memorized. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to have spent years with him. You just need to speak to him. And there is power in the name of Jesus. And for those that are listening, wherever you're at, all you have to do is cry out to him. And when you cry out to him in a humble posture of your heart, not only does he answer, but he answers big time. And he answers through people. And that's the next thing I want to say. If you've got someone in your family, you've got someone in your circle of influence that you sense is in a dangerous place, the best thing you can do is love them and to respond in a way that shows that love, to reach out. Like you said earlier, babe, send that text. Say I'm praying for you. Share a scripture verse. Go give them a meal because we're coming out of an intense season of quarantining and all that stuff. More than ever, we need community. And I hope this isn't a self-serving statement, but someone like the fellowship mm-hmm. of Christian athletes can be a part of that because of the fellowship, and that's something we richly to enjoy. So. And when, when my wife went through cancer, I had so many people say, we're praying for her. Mm-hmm. There was something else, Robert, when Kate Baxter told me, let's pray, and she prayed with me. Yeah, so that. when you talk about your fundamentals and just – that is so much power when you know when two or more of us are gathered. Like there's just so much power. And listen, I'm not just saying this because you're here, but you you talking on my porch – to Jen and Jacqueline, and that that prayer with Kate Baxter are probably the two most powerful prayers of my life. Guess what? I didn't talk in either of those, hmm. right? So, uh, listen, I go around the country and I give keynotes on leadership. I give key- keynotes on mental health. When I'm speaking, I don't learn a whole lot. And I, I love this format because when I'm having a conversation, I, I learn a lot more. Uh-huh. I'm, not having a, I'm not having a monologue with Jesus. I'm having a dialogue with him, and there's a big difference. Yeah, praise God. It's amazing when you start talking to him, he talks back. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, babe, I, w- I want to uh, tap in a little bit more on this conversation about fundamentals, um, and I want to shift it. Uh, shift the conversation forward a little bit um, to more of your sports background. Um, Obviously, faith has played a huge part in that. But one of the fundamental philosophies that I've come to observe and hear you say often is this this fundamental philosophy or this ideology of winners win. (laughs) Now, you've won three high school state basketball championships uh, there. So there's no doubt. Five. Five. I'm, my, man, wow. who, who's counting, I guess, right? <laughs> Maple Heights guy trying to sift me out of two state championships. Oh, man, come on. Give him his two back. Oh, oh man, my, my bad, brother. Five oh, high right. school state back. Right, two as a player, correct? Yeah, Three correct. as a coach. Yep, yep, yep. My apologies, man. So you got too many to keep up with. Man. I don't that, want that, big that. guy coming after you, Nobles. <laughs> oh, man, I don't, this big guy you're right. talking I don't even yeah. know you're my, talking my about. My dad. My dad, Nobles, are tight. Two, two as a player, three as a coach. So five uh, high school state basketball championships. No small feat, no small mm. accomplishment. Incredible. 
But this 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 idea, this this philosophy you have of winners win. Now I've been able to be around you this summer and see how you coach your guys. And and let, let me just tell you this, folks. If you ha- haven't heard of Cornerstone Christian Academy, or if if you've been to a game, I guarantee you you want to be there this fall and this winter. Uh, what Coach Quaz is bringing to the table is something that's special. It's just one of those things you have to be there to experience it and feel it. He and his dad, the big guys he just referred to, they're doing something uh, phenomenal, and I feel blessed just to be able to uh, be a part of it. But Quaz, talk to us about that winner's win philosophy. Where did it come from? Uh, wh- why is that something that you you model um, your life after, something that you instill in all your kids, That uh, not only just your biological kids, but the ones you coach as well? Talk to us about that. Yeah, it came from from as a child. Uh, the person I was named after is my grandfather. My my grandfather's nickname was Babe. Um, Babe Ruth. His nickname. His nickname. His nick, no, yeah. I'm his, just, his I wouldn't nickname. be surprised if your grandfather uh, was Babe Ruth. No, he was nicknamed Babe because he sold street uh, newspapers on the street corners of Prospect and Ninth Street. And what happened wow. was they were for a nickel apiece, and he would have to fight on the corner, so he got the nickname Fighting Babe. So my my grandfather's real name is John. Um, and his, uh, his nickname is Babe. So my first name is Babe John. Mm-hmm. It was great in the military. So I just went by, you know, Captain Kwasniak or, <laughs> but, um, but it came from the philosophy of, of he, he taught me even as a young boy, as did my dad, if you're going to do something noble, you better do it right. Now, again, I'm not great with scripture like you guys are, but I, I listen, I don't think, um, God cares if we win or lose a basketball game, mm. but I know he cares if we do our best. Yeah. And the game I, of life. I, I am blessed to be in a profession, the United States Army, where if we don't win, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna know about it real quick. If the United States Army doesn't win, and we're ten zero and one in World Wars, by the way, that um you know we're we're, we're gonna winning matters. And, and but I think when people hear that nobles, they automatically think like I'm talking about the scoreboard, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go back to the conversation we heard Coach Trestle give a couple weeks ago, and Man. it was very powerful. And when he said, "If it ended today, would I be winning at life?" And that's what I'm talking about when I, when, I, when I say winners win. Are you are you are you if, if it ended today, like would you be winning? Would, would you be winning with Jesus? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing um, in order? Have you accepted Him as your Savior? Uh, and, and are you living your life, you know, in a way, um, yeah, like like Christians do? And, and listen, I did the only thing where I can lose. Every every else in life, you 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 you're, you're just learning. But I tried to I tried to take my own my own blessing. Right? Mm-hmm. I tried to take myself from my from my family. So if you think when you think in those terms, if you think like, okay, the only way I can really fail is if I don't try. So I've just tried to instill in my kids and anyone that's ever played for me is just there's only two things in this thing you can control is your attitude and your effort. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, how hard and everybody can do something as hard as they can, but are you competing in everything you do? Do you want to be the best at everything you can do? Because I think that, that that does glorify God. That you're doing, you're taking the talents and the gifts that He's given you, and you're making the most out of them. And secondly, how do we react when something doesn't go my way? Because mm. you know what? When we lose a basketball game, when we miss a shot, when we, you know, when we fumble the football, those are not hard. Those are challenging. Th- those are challenges. You know what's hard? Fighting cancer is hard. Yeah. Right. Dealing with mental health is hard. Losing someone you love is hard. So realize through this avenue of sports that. We're going to learn to, in everything we do, glorify God because then when we get to the game of life, mm. we're going to be ready to play and we're going to be ready to, we're going to, be ready to win because that's what winners do. They now win. that'll preach. Yeah, <laughs> that did preach. And Quaz, I love what you share, man, because you made me think about something that I heard. Um, I was watching some sports program and they were talking about don't let anything without a heartbeat beat you. Mm. So they were saying, mm. like, you know, don't let hard work beat you. Don't let effort beat you. 
Don't don't let uh, just trying beat you. And you were just talking about the two things we can control is our attitude and our effort. And and I love that you uh, incorporate that with this winners win uh, philosophy. Like I said, I've been able to see you ingrain that in both your natural kids and the kids that you coach. And again, you guys are going to want to tune in to what's going on at Cornerstone Christian Academy um, this season and moving forward because God is going to do some great things through my brother Quaz and all the great coaches and athletes at that school. But Quaz, let's let's stay here um, talking about your sports background. So you played at West Point. Uh, you mentioned um, Coach Doug Collins, and you've, you've mentioned offline to Robert and I other sports giants that you've been around. I want you to share with our listeners what's – I'm sure there's so many stories, but share share a cool story with us about an experience you've had, whether it was at West Point, whether it was after West Point, coaching, maybe at a camp, whatever the case may be. Obviously, I would say probably the most – recognizable or one of the most well-known West Point guys will be Coach K mm-hmm. at Duke. Legendary college basketball coach. I know you've shared uh, some moments with him, but talk to us about just a cool story or something you've been able to experience throughout your uh, your sports career. Um, You know, um, I'll, I'll say this one since, since we went to the Warriors game together. You know, been able to, I think since 2014 was the first year I ever went to Steph Curry camp. Mm-hmm. I was one of only four four high school coaches that went there and was able to go down there and, and meet Steph, and um, just an incredible experience. Talk about somebody who uh, who walks the walk, mm. right? Who's who's rock solid in his relationship with Jesus, and, and lets people know that. Just just being able to watch him, watch the way he carries himself, um, you know, watch what you know, like watch um, how he how he lives his faith, how he lives his testimony. And when I think back to that, Nobles, I, I do I get emotional because I, I was sick at that time. I was very very sick. And um, I, one of my friends who's now with Clutch Sports, a guy by the name of Marquise Watts, and I'll, and I'll have him listen to this. I said, I'll, I'll never forget us being on, you know, the corner of a, of, a, of a cafe in Oakland. And we're having a conversation. It was my first year at camp. And he was, he was asking me questions about the Army. And Fran Fraschilla was down there from ESPN and Jay Billis. And, you know, I'm name dropping, of course. And um, <laughs> Between you and Nobles, it's hard to keep up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, and it was uh, – and I remember I, to tell Marquise at, at that point I'm, I'm thinking about how to take my own life. Wow, you know, and and um, you know, and, and listen, when somebody's where I was, you don't think that they're hearing you, and I'm here to tell you that they are. Uh, you know, Nobles, you mentioned my dad. You know how tight I am with. I mean, just with the relationship we have is is um, my, my dad's told me every day that he loves me, and and if he didn't, I don't, I don't know if I'd still be here. You know, and and. You know, besides besides telling someone you love them, I think the other two things you can say that are just are very powerful are I, I believe in you um, and I'm proud of you. Um, you. You know, I'm getting ready to do a, a, a national podcast for the Army where General Robert Brooks Brown, who is going to be the CEO of the Army Alumni Association, he played for Coach K at West Point. He's probably, I should say probably, he's one of Coach K's most famous guys that ever ever played for him. Um, he's a four-star general, um, just just retired, and uh, I sat with him. Or when I got sworn at the Pentagon, it was in August of 2019. He was he was getting ready to retire. I was sitting down at, at a mall in Virginia, ha- having a beer at a restaurant, and and I, and I told him, you know, kind of what I went through. I didn't get it all out at that point. I didn't tell him. He said, sir, you know, sir, I tried to take my own life, but he got real emotional and said, you know, I, I wasn't there for you. And I'm thinking to myself, you weren't there for me. Like you literally just led our country in two wars. Like. Yeah. How can you even say that? And he's a man of faith and just somebody I'm really close with. But um, um, so I didn't say anything to him. I, and, and I still can't understand why. And it makes me think, 
if I couldn't tell this man who was like another father to me that I try to take my own life, like how do we do for a squad member trying to tell his team leader or his platoon sergeant or his you know platoon leader or somebody who's trying to their employees trying to tell their boss, right? These are these are these are hard conversations. These are hard things to open up with. So after the pandemic hit and and I went through um you know, I, I, I went through, came out my story. I actually, um, you know, you know, I told him, um, or I said, sir, listen to this podcast. It's 53 minutes long. And he called me right back uh, after the 53 minutes. And I'll never forget it because uh, it's like if you're in the army and you're in the cold and rain for three days, like all you want is for the sun, for the sun to come out. And the first thing out of his, he was crying. And this is one of the, one of our history's best warriors in, in, the, in the history of our country. And, and he said, I'm proud. He said, Quaz, I'm proud of you. And at that point, I'm like, okay, you know, it's going to be okay. And, and he always thought he wanted to be a coach as well. So, um, again, I'm not scripture guy like you guys, but like, I know Proverbs 19:21. it's, it's basically saying, you know, it's not what man wants. It's, it's, it's God's will be done. Not our will be done. Thy will be done. And for the longest time, I just like general Brown, I thought, okay, I'm going to be a, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this big time coach. Um, and, and now here I am doing I won't say more important, but obviously, like, literally out here having a hand in saving lives. And, guys, it's, you know, and we're not saving them all, but if we can save one, you know, it's worth it. Let, let, me, let, me, let me step in and tell another story, Nobles, if that's okay. I, yeah, I know yeah. I'm, not a talk, I'm not a talker, but we'll give this one a ring. So, <laughs> so in November after my podcast came out, I, I was the first time I was getting ready to talk in front of soldiers. It was my, I was at uh, Kalahari out in Sandusky. And I go out there and – you got to understand something. When you're talking to civilians, that's one thing, right? Like you guys, I can just make up stuff and you believe me and, and it's all good. But when you're talking to soldiers, you can't snow the snowman. Like they know the deal. So I was very nervous. It, it was my first time. I got out in 2004. So it was my first time in front of soldiers. So I, just like today, I told, I told what happened. I said, hey, and, and about, it was in a group of about 500 NCOs, which is non-commissioned officers. They all came up to me afterwards. They were, you know, they were, they were saying how great it was. And a lot of them told me about their own struggles. But, um, in the crowd um, afterwards, I, uh, this uh, and I and I just remember because it was a, it was a black man wearing a Vietnam hat, mm-hmm. a, a first calf hat, and and I just remember that because it was the time we were going through a lot of race stuff in this country, and I, I'm like, man, man, this guy, this guy fought in Vietnam, and he's a he's a black guy, and like, and he came up to me and he said, um, he goes, sir, that was great, that was very powerful, but the music was playing, so we couldn't really, I couldn't really hear him, and he goes, uh. And he goes, um, can I, can I, can I hug you? And I was like, yeah, brother, get in here for the real thing. And, and I gave him a big hug and he, and he gave me this purple heart coin. And, um, and I said, I, I can't, I can't accept that. A purple heart is when, uh, was from his son who got injured in Iraq and, and, and made it up, you know, got injured in Iraq. And so you, I mean, that's a, that's a tough, that's a tough award to get. And I said, no, I can't accept that, sir. And, and he goes, um, he goes, Hey, he goes, um, coach, I, I, I don't, I wasn't even invited here tonight. He goes, I saw that you were speaking here, and um, he's like, I wanted to come. He's like, and when you said you thought your wife and your kids were better off without you, he said, I have a 28-year-old son who came back from Iraq as a captain, like you were, he had three daughters, and, and he took his own life. And he said, uh, he said I, I don't know why. Um, I came here tonight. I, I knew you was a basketball coach. I'm like, this is going to be interesting. You know, this guy, this guy was in the Army, went to West Point. He goes, you know, and I, I just prayed every day. I, I know God can't bring my son back, but I always just prayed, you know, Jesus, um, I just want to know what was going through his head. I just want to know, like, like what, what, what was he thinking? 
when you said you actually thought you were better, your wife, your wife and your kids were better off without you. I have, I have no doubt that that's what my boy was thinking. So here we are during all this race garbage and everything going on, white man and a black man, you know, hugging each other and bawling on this on this dance floor. Wow! And um, you know, it was kind of like at that moment in my life when I realized, uh, you know what, this is this is what this is what this is my calling. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what God wants me to do. Amazing. And I know I don't want to cut this short because this could go all day and people would listen. I know I have to go in a moment, but I keep going. But what comes to mind, as you just said that, babe, uh, is really a life verse of mine, and I think it's important for those to hear that are listening. We are his workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus onto good works, which God has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Babe Kwasniak, God knew your story before you knew it, mm. and you're walking in it, and your availability is touching a lot of lives. Thanks be to God. Noble, same with you. I would just say to anybody listening, you hear you hear Babe, sometimes it's like, wow, yeah, but he's the coach of Cornerstone, or Nobles is the area director for FCA Cuyahoga County, and this, this, and that. You know, Steph Curry is a global superstar. And they're, and they're walking in their platforms, praise God. But God has a platform for you. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter your socioeconomical status. It doesn't matter your past. Jesus cancels that at Calvary at the cross, and he's in recruiting mode. And I hope you just heard that story and thought, you know what? I need to be available. And I'll close with this. God's the one who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. What he's looking for are a few good men and a few good women <laughs> who simply say, I'm available. And I sure hope you've been inspired because I know we have. A lot of head nods, a lot of amens, a lot of praise God in this studio. But I hope your heart has been stirred. It's time to be available because there is a war going on. Mm. God wins it, and he wants to win it through you. Before we leave, Robert, the, the, the uh, scripture from Proverbs is many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purpose mm. is that prevails. Amen. And, and, you know, for the longest time, I thought I was my accomplishments. I oh. thought was, hey, I graduated from West Point. Hey, I was, um, you know, I'm an Ohio Veterans Hall of Fame. Hey, I'm the youngest civilian aide in the history. No, I'm not who Nobles Darby thinks I am. I'm not who Robert Kyler thinks I am. I'm not even who I think I am. I'm who God says I am. And I think that's where... That's where it's at. That's where the money's at. Amen. Amen. Quaz, man, you, you've shared so much today. Um, I, I knew this was going to be a phenomenal interview, and I'm, I'm so blessed, man, to one, uh, be connected to you, to have been able to have you on Faith Out Front. I want to end on this, man. I want you to share, um, because at the, our mission for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is to lead every coach and athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. I want to end on this, Quaz. How do you, as a coach, believe coaches can use their platforms uh, to help display and put their faith on front to their athletes? Well, you know, I, I, we, we, we just passed Father's Day at Nobles, right? And to me, um, those are synonymous for me. Father and coach are synonymous. So um, what are we doing to make them better Christians, to turn them into better men, to turn them into better fathers, to better husbands? So what are we teaching them through the game of basketball, right? Because when it all comes down to it, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna think about that in 20 years, and and I tell my guys all the time, you know, it's gonna be great winning. I mean, you win a state championship, and that lasts forever, and that's the best part about winning championships. But you know what you're gonna remember? You're not gonna remember the tests you took. You're not gonna remember the games you won or lost. You're gonna remember each other. You're gonna remember your relationships, and you know, all those ships. Your your relationships with God. Your relationships. Like, how are you doing with all of those? And and listen, man. Um, you know, I've been. Uh, 
we were joking before, but I, but I, but I, I am, I am a name dropper, and and it doesn't bother me at all when people say that because my whole life revolves around relationships. I, you know, That's I look real. at, I look at, you know, meeting, you know, meeting you and the relationship we have, the relationships that that I have, I, I cherish now, and the reality is, um, you know. Six years ago, I, I probably didn't value those as much as I do now. And, you know, I was, I was blind and now I can see. I was, I was old and, and now I'm new. And when you have that, you know, when you have that perspective, um, it, it's, it, it, it just changes your life, right? And, and so as coaches, just understand that we have a platform where we can literally change lives. And the reality is, you know, like I think a lot of coaches, um, it's like, okay, one through five. I think where I've been able to make my purpose or, or be able to make a huge difference is, you know what, that 12th kid – um, he's got a role, and and it might not be just the guy that's going to score twenty points, but it's just as prevalent to our team. And I'm going to coach that guy just as hard as I do the guy who's who's averaging twenty or twenty five points. And it's just the reality of like you know, it's one thing to know your role; it's another thing to accept your role, and that's the third thing to excel in your role. And and all we can do is the best with what God gave us. And and I, and I think as, as coaches, we can just have so much so much influence. I. I take a lot of pride in, in, in being called a coach. I, I think the difference is where before I would I would tell people like, "What do you do?" I'm a coach. Well, well now um, I, I say I'm a veteran advocate. I'm, I'm a Jesus follower because now uh, there's one thing like people are going to label you, and I and I know now like where my label is. And um, listen for for anyone out there you know struggling like I was, and and I know they are. I know there's people out there. Understand too that like in the day and age of social media, nobody's getting out there and saying, "Hey, I, I just lost my job. I got divorced. I'm feeling like killing myself." Right? Those are people's highlights. So, um, you know, just understand that like this is not this. In my case, 2015 was almost the end of my book, brother. Like it was almost it. The book was almost closed. And isn't that something? Like Satan was about to write the end of my book. And that, wow. but 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 he didn't. And we talk about winners win. Is he he just got a chapter? That's all he got. He got one chapter, and you just got to decide with that war in your mind. Like, dude, I, you're not writing my book. You are not writing this chapter. I'm gonna write this chapter, and Jesus is the only person who is gonna say how this book ends. You got no Satan. You got you got nothing here, bro. Just keep it moving because you tried to get me. You tried. Um, you didn't. I'm still standing right here, and, and I'm writing. I'm writing more and more chapters. And there's about to be 30 more chapters of this book. When it, it was, it was, it was about seven chapters long at that time. <laughs> well, Quaz, I love it, bro. That is definitely a mic drop moment. Um, I love what you shared. The enemy did not have the final say in writing the last chapter of your book. And we recognize the Bible talks about God being the author and the finisher of our faith. And bro, based on everything you shared today, God is still writing your story. And man, I'm just blessed to be able to play a part in it and see it unfold. Quaz, this was phenomenal, man. Can't thank you enough for agreeing to jump on the podcast today. Um, One of the biggest take homes for me, out of everything you've accomplished, out of everything you've experienced, out of everything God has allowed you to do, the one common theme that kept coming back is only what we do for Christ will last. And Quaz, you epitomize that, man. Um, God bless you, bro. Continue to uh, live out your faith. Put your faith out front. I'm excited to see all God has for you, man. I can't thank you enough for coming on. Thank today, you, bro. my brother. And I just want I just want to tell the, the audience at home right now, like, understand, too, if, if you're at a point in your life where you think that, you know, maybe you're maybe you're mad at God or maybe you don't even believe in him. He believes in you. So I, I know I know so, somebody somebody got me off that cliff sitting here talking to you, my brother. So please. I, and, I, and, I, and I truly believe this or I truly mean this when I say 
reach out to me. Y'all, y'all can find me. I'm very active on Twitter, very active on Instagram, very active on, on social media. They can reach out and they can find me, and, and, and I'm here to help. would love to help you. Quas, thank you so much, bro. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another powerful and dynamic episode of the Faith Out Front podcast. If you guys want to connect uh, with Coach Kwasniak, uh, feel free to reach out to him, connect with him on social media. It's going to be at Babe, B-A-B-E, Quas, K-W-A-S. Reach out to him, the same guy he was that you heard in studio today. He's an even better uh, individual in person. So for Robert, for Coach Kwasniak, for myself, this has been the Faith Out Front Podcast, the best faith and sports podcast in the planet. Until next time, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. First, thank you for staying with us today. We designed Faith Out Front to be the best faith and sports podcast on the planet. And we also believe it carries a message that has the power to transform our world through the influence of coaches and athletes by honoring and glorifying God in everything we do. If you found today's conversation beneficial, please let us know on our social media platforms and tell us your story. If you know someone who would benefit from hearing today's message, please reach out and tell them how they can listen. Our mission is to bring you closer to God in your walk. Find this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. For Robert and Nobles and Babe, thank you for listening. Faith Out Front, the best faith and sports podcast on the planet, is a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes of Cleveland. Copyright 2021.